Welcome to another Kingdom Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. I had a prophetic dream last night. Um, I know it was prophetic because it would never happen in the natural, unless I was maybe in Canada or somewhere where there's big bears. Prophetic, yeah, so it means that God is speaking through it a message, right? I believe the message is for you young people, okay? So here's the dream. So in the dream, I'm coming up a hill, but I think me in the dream is you guys. It'd be anyone, it could be Kai, is it Daniel? Yeah, I I thought it was Daniel. It could be Kai, Daniel, uh, it could be Josh, it could be Ella, and it, or it could be Luke. could be anyone here, but I just feel it's for you young guys, right? Coming up the hill, and there's a mighty great big bear about 10 foot tall that just stands up and sees me, so you, and gets a beeline, like eyes, straight, I'm after you. So starts running. So I run, in the dream I run, and I jumped over a fence, and I got into another paddock, and I started running, in the paddock, up the hill, um, and then it came, and I saw it, I looked back and I saw it jump over the fence and get into the paddock that I'm in, so I jumped into another paddock, and then I saw all these people up there, and, uh, and I started running towards where the people were, and I come running up, and I jumped over a fence, jumped over, and I could never do it in the natural, could I, in my old knees, so it must have been a young person, but I'm jumping over these things, and it's like a carnival atmosphere, and there's all these people, and I feel like it's the symbolic of the church that are in a place of joy and hope, and it's like kids, and there's like a petting zoo, and there's all this thing, and I, as I'm jumping over the thing, I go, bear, as in, you know, like when you're down the beach and you see a shark, shark, you know, and I jump over, and as I'm jumping over, I notice that all these kids are there, and in my mind, I'm thinking, I shouldn't be running into where all these kids are because the bear's coming, but the bear had eyes only for me. It was after me, right? But as I got over that, I jumped over the petting zoo, and the bear jumped over the fence, but as soon as it landed in the environment of the, the, um, the carnival, it shrunk in size to about this tall. And it was standing there, and it was like looking around going, whoa, you know, and it was like the atmosphere of joy and the atmosphere of the carnival and the atmosphere of what was going on there, where everybody was just like little children enjoying themselves and having fun. Suddenly, this 10-foot giant bear was suddenly only this tall. And then it jumped into the petting zoo, and suddenly it became even smaller. And the next thing you know, there's this tiny little bear like this. And I believe it represents exactly right, Luke. I believe it represents the enemy that's been after you, right, you guys. You've been chased down by an enemy who's been trying to get you. Now, while you're out on your own in the field, this thing is massive and it's after you. But the moment you get into an environment where it's the atmosphere of heaven, you know, carnival, joy, peace, hope, laughter, you know, And I feel like as soon as you get into that place of heaven, then suddenly your enemy looks so much smaller. Exactly like what Sheikh said about the guy with the knife. Exactly. Where you get the peace of God. 
And I just feel like I just wanted to share that with you because I feel like it might be just for one of you. It might be for someone else here. But I just felt, I was asking the Lord about it. I feel like he said, no, I want you to share that for the young people tonight, okay? So that's cool. I just thought I'd release that. Um, there's so many more things I'd like to do, but I really feel that this word is, is, is important for tonight. And just as, Shek, as you were talking um, a few moments ago about blessing, I just feel like that's like a good entry point because I feel like God wants us to come into a place where every single one of us are able to walk in the blessings of the Father in heaven. How many people would like to be able to walk continually in the blessings of God? Yeah? You know what? You can. Not only can you, but you will. But here's the thing. If I was to say, why aren't you? I could say that you probably would come up with a whole bunch of reasons. Every single person would have a whole bunch of different reasons why you might not necessarily be walking in all the fullness of the blessings of God. Well, tonight I want to share a couple of things. One is, first of all, God, he's got mountains and mountains and storehouses and storehouses of blessings for his children. Okay? He wants to bless. In fact, that's his very nature is to bless, to just love on. Now, that's one side of what I want to say. The other side of what I want to say today is that we all, all of us, from time to time in our life and sometimes for long periods of time, we struggle to receive or walk in the blessings of a heavenly Father who loves us. And I want to unpack that a little bit so that we can get to a place where we, where we recognize what it's going to take for us to break through to blessing. First of all, what is a blessing? Well, there's a bunch of scriptures. Anybody got an idea? Like, for you, what would be a blessing right now? What was that? Did you say something? Come on, come on. I want some response. You're having your family come before the Lord, that would be a blessing, right? Yeah. Living with your family and having them for the Lord. That would be an amazing blessing, wouldn't it? What else? What are some other blessings that you could be... Emily. Having your friends come to the Lord. Isn't it interesting that every single person so far who said their blessings would be seeing other people whom they love in relationship with them and having the Lord. What else? What, other, what are some other blessings that you'd like to be able to walk in right now? Okay, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? Just to be able to quit smoking just like that, right? That would be a blessing. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Give him up now. Uh. <laughs> but you see, the thing is, that would be a blessing, wouldn't it? It didn't taste good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. All right, so... Blessings are kind of interesting, aren't they? Because um, we, the, for each one of us, a blessing, don't go too far, boys. Don't go too far. Yeah, I know. It's all good. Oh, we, we lost them. We <laughs> lost the boys. Oh, well. <laughs> come back. Come back. What's that? Yeah, it's, <laughs> Siggy sparked something. Trigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all good. So, Blessings. Here's a couple of scriptures on blessings. Um, 
I love this. Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He didn't use the word blessing but he's talking about peace and he's talking about the, the thanksgiving and the love of God that surpasses all human understanding guarding our heart and filling us up. Philippians 4.19 And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. That's a promise, right? James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father in heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So good gifts, love, blessings, yeah? Jeremiah, this is an Old Testament one, Jeremiah 17.7, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him, they will be like a tree, think about this for a moment, like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots into the stream. It does not fear the heat. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Imagine that for a moment. Just think about that. Imagine being likened to a tree that is planted by a river whose Roots have gone down deep, and no matter what comes, you're all good. Wouldn't that be a blessing? You know, no matter whether it's drought, no matter how hard life is, you've always got your green, green leaves on, you've always got fruit on the branches. No matter how hard things are around you, blessed are they, it says, who trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. 2 Corinthians 9, and God is able to make all grace, grace is the gift of God, all the fullness of God, abound towards you that you having all, all, sorry, always having all sufficiency. Anyone know what sufficiency means? Everything I need. Sufficient. I've got enough. Imagine having enough food, enough love in your life, enough relationship, enough peace, enough hope, enough good-hearted actions towards your friends and your neighbors and your family, having everything, all sufficiency in all things, and it says, may have an abundance in every good work. It says, God is able to make this happen for you, right? I just love that. Now, here's the thing. We are, as we come into relationship with Jesus Christ, we have come into a place where we have actually had our hearts turned towards God, who is our creator, and he has changed us from the inside out. He has actually made us go from being an orphan to being a son or a daughter. Right? So we've gone from being totally devoid of relationship with God, feeling like we were left alone, feeling like there was nobody who loved us, feeling like an orphan who had no hope, no direction, nothing going on. And God comes and he puts his arm around and says, I'd like you to live in my family. I'd like you to be mine from now on. I'd like you to be my son. I'd like you to be my daughter. 
and he brings us into a relationship of adoption where we are no longer orphans, but we are sons. Now, what does a son get when he comes into his father's house? Who His father's a rich dude. He's got all manner of things. He's got all sufficiency available. Everything that's required of life and living and hope and love is all on tap, on hand. It's like the kitchen. You walk into the kitchen, it's just full of stuff. You know, fridge, open up, whoa, look at that. You know, the bright light and all the good stuff is there. Everything your heart could desire is all in the fridge. You know, you're walking and, you know, you can just change the channel whenever you want on the biggest screen TV you've ever seen in your whole life. You know, imagine being adopted from the streets where you've got nothing and you've hardly got a skerrick of clothes on and you can't afford to buy anything and then being adopted into a family where there's no Nothing that you need, you know, if you, if you have a medical issue, the doctors will come in and sort you out. If your teeth are wonky, they get your braces on, they get it all sorted out. And before long, you're starting to look like the Kardashian sisters, you know, unless you're a guy. You probably don't want that, but anyway, um, <laughs> let's forget that I just said that. Uh, <laughs> all right, but here's the thing, right? This adoption of coming into relationship with God who becomes our father means that the father wants to bless his kids in such an abundant and extravagant way. But how come in the church today there's so many people who just aren't walking in the goodness of God, aren't walking in under the lavish outpouring of heaven, aren't understanding what it is to be a son of God. Jesus, in fact, was the firstborn of many sons, the Bible says. The firstborn of many sons. The Bible says that all of creation is groaning with eager anticipation for the sons of God to rise up. When we rise up, what does that mean? It means that we actually get an awareness of who we are. It's our heads are lifted up. We go, oh, that's who I am. I'm actually a son. I'm actually a daughter of the Most High God. I actually live in this amazing place called the house of God in heaven, under an open heaven with all lavishment and all things I could ever want and need available to me. But how many people in the church aren't living like that? Can I tell you something? And I'm just going to be open and honest with you. I pastored a church, in fact, I pastored a series of churches over about a 20-year period with an orphan mindset. I'm just being totally honest with you. I was a senior pastor of a church that was growing, but I had an orphan mindset. In other words, I was pastoring from here, but my mind was still stuck back over here. I... Occasionally, I had a glimpse of what it was really like, but I kept on longing for this, but I didn't know fully who I was as a pastor. How crazy is that? Do you know that you can be free, but still be living in bondage? You can be a son, but still be living like an orphan. It's not that you have a spirit that is wrong because, see, God, you might have, but it's not your spirit and it's not the spirit of God in you. 
See, God puts his spirit in us, which, called, which has created in us our sonship, the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit, by calling him Lord, by coming into alignment with Christ, we become sons of God, adopted. That's our reality. This is our truth. This is who we are. But we can be over here with a mind that hasn't been renewed yet. Right? And you function out of that. You know why there's so much turmoil in the church and why there's so much mess up? Do you know why pastors are getting up and berating people from the pulpit and giving them all sorts of hoo-ha? A lot of the time it's because they're operating and preaching out of or even prophesying out of an orphan mindset. They're operating out of a, oh, I've got to do something, I've got to be something that I'm not, and so do you, and so I'm going to preach to you about that, and I'm going to teach to you about that, and I'm going to prophesy to you through that screen, that filter. Okay, let me try and explain how it works. So, let's say, for instance, you had a bad relationship with your dad, right? Maybe he did something bad to you. That experience creates a filter, right? So every time you relate to him, even if he were to say something nice, it's going to pass through that filter which says, you don't care and you don't love me. Yeah? Does that make sense? And so there's a filter. You've had a breakdown with your boss at work and he has or she has done something really bad and treated you like the worst person in the world. And you have had this traumatic experience. And so a filter has been built. So everything that is done, so they give you a command to go and do something. In your heart, you don't want to do it because you have no respect for this person anymore. And suddenly you hate your job, right? Suddenly you hate your dad or you hate living at home. Suddenly everything shifted. Now, it might have been that it happened when you were young and over a long period of time, it's been that way for you. Maybe every time you go into a workplace, the filter of what happened in the very first workplace you ever, the, the first bad experience you had from a boss is just that filter that's just there, you know? And so every time someone tells you to do something, you're like, I'm not happy. Anyone ever felt like that? I'm just not happy with someone telling me what to do. You ever been like that? Thanks, Lee. You ever been in a situation where someone can just give you a simple instruction, whether it's a boss, maybe it's someone whom you really love. Might be your father, your mother, might even be your husband or wife or your boyfriend, girlfriend, or just says, hey, can you do this? They might not even say, can you? They just say, hey, do this. And there's a filter there which just goes, no, I am not doing that. And, and in reality, it might be that you actually did want to do it. <laughs> but you're like, wall goes up. I'm now in stubborn land. You know? And I ain't going to react or respond in the way that I could or should. You know that Jesus goes on and he says, if you love me, you'll do what I command. Do you know why he said that? 
Because if you aren't in a relationship of love with him and he commands you to do something, you would wall up. I ain't doing that. I ain't going there. And it's like that with every relationship that we ever have. Jesus has brought us into a relationship with God the Father where we are sons. But oftentimes, because of the filters that are up in our life, we're acting like we're orphans. And so God says to us, I want to bless you, but I can't. Because your mind, you're acting like an orphan. In other words, you're outside the house doing your own thing. If you just come back into relationship with me as I've created you to be in, then I can do everything. It's all there for us. Right? So we've been adopted from the street to the palace. Right? We come from a place where everything is horrible to a place where everything is just amazing. It's like the carnival atmosphere in that. You know, it's like we're little kids again. It's like the fridge just is so full of goodies, right? It's all there waiting for us. And God says, it's all available to you if you just walk in the way that I've asked you to walk. Right? But Jesus says, if you don't love me, you won't do what I've commanded you to do. So maybe we've got a filter that says God doesn't love me. Or I'm not worthy. You ever, you ever experienced that motion where I'm just not worthy? Do you know that the I'm not worthy emotion is the orphan mindset playing out in your life? I'm not good enough to come to God. I'm not good enough to be embraced by Him. I'm not good enough to open that fridge and get whatever I want out. I'm going to sit over here in my orphan mindset, I'm going to wait for God to serve me on a platter everything that I need. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to get on my knees. And I'm going to fast. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to say, God, please, please give me all that, that, that I'm asking for, God. I need food on my plate right now. I need everything to go the way that I need it to go right now, God, please. And we're fasting and praying, but we're doing it out of an orphan mindset. And we wonder why God doesn't answer our prayers. You know that the reason why a lot of people don't get healed is simply because they're asking from the wrong place. See, because if you're hungry and you're a son of God, the palace is over here and there's this mighty great big fridge full of food. Now, if you had to walk just a little bit in your mind to a place where you embrace who you are, then you'll go, oh, Wow, it's all of Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know I could just reach in and grab something when I'm hungry. There's nothing new with what I'm sharing with you. It's, it's actually been from the beginning of, of God's relationship with mankind. Mankind has been, God has longed to love on his kids, to bless his kids to bless those he loves. It's, he's all about relationship. There's a couple of um, stories in the Bible 
Isaiah 43 is one of them where it says, this is what the Lord says, Isaiah 43, 14. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. So this is Isaiah prophesying over the Israel, the nation of Israel. Now, just to set the scene, here's the nation of Israel, and they've got the Babylonian army all coming up against them. They're, getting, they're starting to get scared, right? What are we going to do? Isaiah, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, so he's reminding him, he's your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they take, they take pride. I am the Lord, the Holy One, Israel's creator, your king. This is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea a path through the mighty waters who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and the reinforcements together, and there they lay, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. What's he saying? He's reminding them of the last time, this amazing thing. If you've read any of the Bible, you know that there was a story where all of Israel were killed captive for 400 years in Egypt, and then God sent Moses to redeem them and God rescued them out and they got to this place where there was a sea in front of them and an army coming from behind and they were about to get slaughtered because they couldn't go anywhere. They were like, see here, they're looking at the army and what did God do? He said, Moses, tap the stick on the water and watch what happens. And suddenly the water goes, parts, and they walk right across to the other side of the sea. And as the last person's foot gets out of that dry creek bed, creek seabed, suddenly the wall of water on either side just went like this. Now, by the time they got across, the whole army of the Egyptians had thought, well, we'll just follow. Kind of a bit silly, really. Like a miracle like that. And they, but... Even today, they're finding chariots at the bottom of the Red Sea. Right? They're finding artifacts hidden at the bottom of the Red Sea. It's, a, it's an actual fact that it happened. This army went out into the sea, out across that thing, and as soon as the last person of the Israeli family got off that, creek, uh, that seabed, suddenly the water came down and took the whole army out. So here, God is saying, remember what I did when I redeemed you. I am the guy who redeemed you. I'm the God who redeemed you through that. And here's the Babylonians coming. But the next part is very interesting. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. So he's just reminded them of how he redeemed them. And he says, now forget about that. I'm doing a new thing. See, he says, I am doing a new thing. See, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So now they're in a completely different situation, but he's just saying, I'm the same God. I'm the God who wants to bless his kids. But the problem is you're stuck in an old mindset which says, I've got to, it's got to happen the way it happened before. Can I tell you this now? Sometimes the reason why we don't step into our breakthrough, into our blessing it's because we've got this mindset which says it has to happen a certain way. Right? Now, Hebrews chapter 6, 
verse 1. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from the acts that lead to death and of faith in God. And then he goes on. It says instructions about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, the eternal judgment, and God permitting, we will do so. And then he, go, he goes on and lists a whole bunch of things that are a part of our journey if we step back into those, that mindset. How many people know that sometimes we find it very difficult to embrace something that's new? Right? And here, the Hebrew people, when Jesus came on the scene, they were all stuck in laws. Right? They were like, Ten Commandments, 613 laws. We've got to do this. If we don't do it, we can't have a relationship with God. Can I tell you that even now, today, there are people who are stuck in law, right, in the church. But what that is, it's an orphan mindset. It's a, it's a mindset which doesn't understand that Jesus actually changed the battleground. He said it's not about law, it's about love. It's about relationship. It's about relationship with the Heavenly Father. And so when we get stuck in a place where in our old way of thinking, we just think it's got to be done this way. And so we have this Ten Commandments. We, you know, someone says, oh, yeah, but I've broken this commandment. I've broken that commandment. There's no way I can come before God. I have to pay my penance. I have to do this. I've got to say a bunch of Hail Marys. You know, I've got to get myself sorted out before God. But the reality is, is that God has made a way for us to come straight back into, into connection and relationship with Him where everything that we've struggled with and everything that we've done wrong is just dealt with. But it comes back to, here's the thing. We have to have a mindset of a son rather than a mindset of an orphan. If you've got an orphan mindset and you come before God and ask for forgiveness... You're not going to feel forgiven. You're not going to feel clean. You're not going to feel whole. All the love and all the blessings of God are just going to bounce off. You know what? You can have, you know, and I know some of you guys, you, Luke, you've had a number of times where the Holy Spirit has just touched you real big, right? And you've, like, someone's prayed for you and you've fallen down in the Spirit. You're not faking it. It's real, right? You can't stop yourself. Exactly, right. So you can have these moments where you have an encounter with God, then you get straight back up and you're straight back into your old way of doing stuff, right? And you get frustrated with yourself, right? True, eh? Let me just give you a clue of why that is. Because it's, it's for one reason. You haven't yet got a revelation, and this is where I was for many years, right? You haven't yet got a revelation that you're actually a son of God. Right? you're still feeling like an orphan. So you've got a special touch from God, but you haven't stopped feeling like an orphan yet. Why? Because the mind hasn't changed. Does that make sense? Romans 12 tells us that we are to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Right? If our mind gets changed, then we actually start to think like a son of God. We actually are designed to be just like Jesus. 
just like Jesus. Imagine that for a moment. All right, just work with me for a sec. Let's just say something together. I am just like Jesus. I am just like Jesus. Let me say it again. I am just like Jesus. All right. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess right now that some of you felt really awkward saying that. All right? And if you feel awkward saying that, it's quite possible that you still haven't got a, an understanding yet of what it means to be a son or a daughter of God. I am just like Jesus. What does that actually mean? It means that I am a son. That means I'm loved by my Father who wants to bless me. He actually wants to lavish his love on me. He's got a big fridge in front of me. I can go and take whatever I need whenever I need it according to his will. But I can only stay in this place in the mind while I do what he commands me to do. Because the moment I stop doing what he commands me to do, then in my mind, I've gone back to this. Yeah? So I'm always there, but it's about what happens in our mind. We stop thinking like a stun, we start thinking like an orphan and we'll do it. See, we'll, the grid will go back up, the wall will go back up and we read Jesus says do this and do this and we go, can't do that. I'm not strong enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not powerful enough, I can't do it. And that is an orphan mindset. What if, what if God, and here's the thing, right? Remember, there was a guy named John the Baptist who was born for a specific purpose on earth, right? He was to be the forerunner. He was the guy, and he had, he got a calling on his life to be radical, like totally radical. Like he was eating, they said that his diet was of locusts and wild honey, right? Locusts, like grasshoppers. Who wants to eat grasshoppers? And wild honey. That was his diet. He, he never in his whole life allowed alcohol to touch his lips, there was a few certain things that God put on him and a way that God put on him. Now, imagine for a moment God come to you in a vision at night and said, hey, I'm going to set you apart to do something on the earth, but you have to live this way in order to do it. How would you think? What would you respond? What would be your actions the next day? I can tell you one thing. If you're a son who's in love with God and just hears his voice and loves what God is saying to you, you're going to respond with, yes, Lord. Right? But if you're an orphan, you're going to go, well, that sounds hard. <laughs> I don't know. Gee, God, couldn't you find someone else to do that one? Oh, I don't know. No, I don't think I could do that. Like, I've got too much stuff going on right now. I've got a life to live, you know, Jesus. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Well, are you, serious? Are you sure you're talking to the right person here? <laughs> like, are you crazy? <laughs> love, if you love God. But how do we love God when we don't even know how to receive love? It's a tough one, isn't it? We've got to allow the Holy Spirit just to come and saturate us. Saturate our mind. John 14, I love this. 
And this is kind of what Jesus is saying about orphans. He said, I will not leave you as an orphan. I'll come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. The context of this is he's talking about he was, he was living a physical life on earth, but he was going away. He said, but I'm going to send my spirit to live in you, to transform you from the inside out, to bring you into the fullness of a relationship with God, just like I have as a son. Isn't that awesome? So the Holy Spirit, when, when the Holy Spirit comes into us, the Holy Spirit fills us up and begins to do a transforming work in our mind. We no longer... See, the reality is we're no longer orphans, we're sons. We're daughters of the Most High God. And what the Holy Spirit will do is a, is a gradual transforming work of our mind, once our mind gets to the point where we acknowledge that he is who he is, that we are who we are as sons and daughters of God, then we can start to live in the fullness of what that means. And then we'll have the blessings of God. What are the blessings of God? Well, Sharon experienced a bit of that tonight, didn't she? When we come to the Father, that Jesus said a whole bunch of stuff about it, what it means to be a follower. Didn't he say... If you, whatever you ask in my name, it will be done for you. You know that an orphan can ask whatever he likes. And half of what he asks is from a wrong mindset and doesn't understand or even believe that it would be possible. He just asks by hope. And I've had God do miracles even when I, was, when I had an orphan mindset. But I tell you what, the moment you come into a place where you start functioning and acting and living out of a place where you're a son, oh, wow. Huh. Don't you want that? That's what I want. That's what we need. You know that we all have neural pathways in our brain. In other words, we've got tracks in our brain. We can't see them because they're on the inside. You know, you get trigger points that send you in a certain direction. It's what you've always done, you know. Um, it's why when we hear songs that we love, even sometimes stuff that we remember from when we were teenagers, some of you are still teenagers, but you have these moments, you have these songs, you have these these feelings that come, these good, gooey feelings, you know. Some people remember a song maybe from when they got married or maybe when they were in love with somebody and it was when that sun comes back on again and they go, oh, how good's that, you know. Or they go to a concert and their favorite band just plays that one song. Everybody in the whole crowd goes, goes crazy, you know. And then all the teenagers are going, what the heck, you know, because all these 50-plus-year-olds are all going crazy about something that they heard 40 years ago before these kids were even born. And then these young people have these rap songs. Yeah, okay. So you have music that stirs you on the inside, right? 
And maybe by the time you're my age, some of that music will still stir you on the inside, right? But you'll have kids of your own and they'll have a whole different style of music and they won't understand what you're going on about. Maybe they'll get a bit nostalgic. Maybe they'll have a, you know, back to the... What, what would they say, back to the 10s, back to the 20s? <laughs> it's like, for me, it's like back to the 80s, back to the 90s, <clears throat> back to the O's, right? <laughs> right? Okay. Calm down. Son. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? We have these neural pathways in our brain which... We go somewhere, and it's one of the reasons why so many people who struggle with addiction can't break addiction. It's because we have trigger points that take us somewhere. It's, it's learned behavior. And the reason why so many people can't get out of an orphan mindset is because they've got all this learned behavior that has to unlearn. And it's just the truth. It's just it's the reality of life. We've got a whole bunch of learned behavior. We've got a whole bunch of filters in our life stop us from being able to relate to God, be able to understand who he is. You know that people who had a bad childhood struggle to, oftentimes they struggle to relate to God as a father. It's learned behavior. Those filters are just there. They're up. And so I want to encourage you tonight to um, believe that God is in the business of changing mindsets, bringing us to a place where we can actually step into and walk in a relationship with God where the blessings of heaven are abundant in our life. Who wants that? I do. If I hadn't have come into an understanding of what it means to be a son, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to even stand before you today because there's so much stuff that's gone on in my life. I'd be ashamed. I'd be wrecked. I wouldn't be able to stand before you and you go, but I'm redeemed. Right? My life is refreshed and renewed. Not because of anything that I've done, but because of what God has done. Yeah? And I've been able to begin. I'm only be, I've only begun the journey of walking into sonship and understanding what that looks like probably the last five or six years, it's really started to settle in me who I am. You know? So I just want to encourage you. If you want to acknowledge God as your Father, acknowledge that you are a son just like Jesus. That you were designed to be just like Jesus that you were created to walk in this life just like Jesus. That you were born again so that the old life actually does pass away. And the old mindsets actually do pass away. And they cease operation in your mind. And you come to a place where your mind is fixed on him. Fixed on your new identity. Fixed on all that he's doing in your life. Do you know that we're going to come into, and this, I just know it because one, it says it in the word. But I believe that's the season we're coming into now. 
that we're going to come into a season where all the things that Jesus said that we would do, we would do. Do you know that Jesus is coming back again for a bride? It's a love, it's a love language, that is. It's a language of love. I'm coming back for a bride. He didn't say, I'm coming back for a bunch of warriors. Going to overthrow the world together. I'm coming back for a bride. What? That's love language. That's a language of relationship. I'm coming back for a bride. What is the bride? Bride is a lover. A bride is one who knows love and walks in love and is ready to receive and, and operate out of love. And as sons and daughters of God, everything that we do is going to be marked by love so that when Jesus says, do this, you know it's coming from a heart of love. And so you just, oh, I just want to do it. I just want to do it. If he says, don't do this, you go, oh, I don't want to do that. I just don't want to. I just, I just want to be so, so connected to Jesus that everything he says Everything he insinuates, every action, every thought, every process, I just want to be in sync with him so that I, when I walk down the street, I just look like him. In the spirit. In, in, so people go, whoa, what have you got? I want what you've got. I want that. I want hope. I want life. I want to be able to break through. I want to stop all those things that I've been, and, and, and I want that orphan mindset to break off. Can I ask you, a, it's, it's, it's just, I've been vulnerable with you. Are you willing to be vulnerable today? Here's the question. Do you recognize elements or attributes of an orphan mindset that function around the way you think, where you aren't yet understanding what it is to be a son or a daughter of God? If you... I know what it felt like for me when I started to get that revelation. It just messed me up because I thought, man, I've been operating from a wrong place for such a long time. I've loved God. I've given my life for Him. I served. And I had, I had functional ministries and I was leading people to Christ. But my marriage broke up. I was operating out of a wrong mindset. I didn't know. I didn't know who I was. I was broken on the inside. Man, if you can identify with that tonight and you go, man, I, I just want to operate out of a sonship model, <laughs> mindset. I'm going to give you an opportunity tonight. Um, and can I, I'm just going to be vulnerable for one more moment. <laughs> and, and some of you have already recognized this but I'm just beginning to understand it. I don't often get people to come up the front where I go and pray like our guests do. I get them to come in and do it. Do you know why? Not because I think they're better than me. Because deep down somewhere inside, there's a little voice that keeps saying, That's, you're not good enough. Right? And it's not true. So 
It's the enemy. But it's, 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 an, it's a mindset that's out of whack, right? And I'm still on that journey towards sonship. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I know who I am. But every now and then, I'm still operating out of that. And I just, I, I just, I just need to let you know that what I'm asking you to do tonight is not something that I won't do myself. But I'm just saying, do you recognize that I've operated out of a, an orphan mindset and I haven't fully embraced my sonship? If, if that is you, would you come out the front? And I, wanted, I want to ask you to do something. Um, just come out the front, but come out the front to connect to your father, not to me. Say, Father, I need you. But not only that, I need to step into who I am, my true identity. Yeah? Would you do that? Just going to give you a chance. Thanks for listening. This has been another Kingdom Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to www.kingdomcc.com.au.